when we're being compared to oh, this guy did 10, you know, mm-hmm. it, it, we get into this mode of like, okay, am I going to be fatigued? Am I going to run ragged? And then literally everything else in our lifestyle, especially health wise, is set up for the male body. So no wonder why we struggle. We struggle with energy, we struggle with fatigue, we struggle with recovery time. And then we get compared to so many other people, things, and even other women. And our bodies are so unique and different. Hey friends, and welcome to the Girl Means Business podcast. I'm your host, Kendra Swalls, a photographer and educator on a mission to help you find your passion, power, and purpose through entrepreneurship. So let's jump right into today's episode because this girl means business. Hey there, ladies, and welcome to the Girl Means Business Podcast. Thank you so much for being here this week. If this is your first episode that you're listening to, then hi and welcome. I'm so glad that you're here. If you have been following along with the show and listening for weeks or months, then welcome back. I truly appreciate you being here every single week. And this week, I have an episode just for you. I know that with everything that's going on right now in our world and society with health and back to school and just trying to figure out what a new normal looks like, it can all be really overwhelming. And one of my biggest concerns that I've had throughout the last several months is just health and wellness. What are we all doing to take care of ourselves mentally and physically? And I know that I have found myself falling into these depressive slumps where I literally live in my pajamas. I don't leave the house. I lay on the couch all day and work from my laptop. I don't want to do anything active. I don't want to take care of myself. I don't make a point to connect with other people. And that's not healthy in any way, shape or form. And then I'll have a few days where I pull myself out of that slump and I start taking better care of myself. I get outdoors and I go for a walk or I swim in the pool or I go do something active in my neighborhood or with my kids. We've gone on a couple hikes and then I make sure to get dressed every day and to do something productive or get out of the house or call a friend or get on a FaceTime with somebody. All of those things are so important to our physical and mental health. And right now I want to make sure that we are all taking care of ourselves mentally and physically because it's not always easy and it's not always a priority, especially with back to school. And now you're not only being a mom and you're not only running a business or working full time, but you're also having to homeschool in some sense. Or even if your kids are back in school, normally there's that underlying fear of when are they going to have to come home again? Are they going to have to shut down again? What's going to happen? And all of that added together, even if it's not manifesting in physical ways yet, it will at some point. And so I felt like now was a really good time to take a little pause from all of the business and marketing education and advice on this podcast and just share with you an interview that I did with Dr. Beth Westy, where we talk about how to take care of our bodies. And we talk about health and wellness for women because those things are so important. And if we don't take care of ourselves, then we can't take care of our families and we can't run a business and we can't be successful in all these other areas that we want to be successful in. 
And so I wanted this episode to really focus on the importance of taking care of ourselves so that in turn we are healthy and we are in the right frame of mind to grow a business and to lead others and to take care of others. So I am excited to introduce you to Dr. Beth. I'm excited for you to hear our conversation, but before we get into that interview, I have one big change coming that I want to talk to you about. If you've listened to this show, you've heard me talk about the Business Builders Membership Program here with Girl Means Business Podcast. It's a monthly membership site where you get access to content each month that helps you build your business from the ground up. Unlike traditional course style, you are not receiving a ton of content all at once that you then have to wade through and implement on your own. With Business Builders, each month you get new content related to one aspect of your business. For example, this month's topic is all about hashtags. So within that Business Builder issue, we are talking about how to create a hashtag list for your business, how to use hashtags on social media. You have an entire workbook that will walk you through the steps for how to find the perfect hashtags for your content along with a monthly social media calendar where you will get 30 days of content written out and planned for you, ready to go. So you don't have to think about it, what to post. It's just all right there for you. And that is what you get with each and every month using a different topic for your business. Now, in the past, Business Builders has worked where when you sign up for your membership, you get access to that month's content but you also get immediate access to all of the previous month's content in your learning library. However, starting October 1st, that's all about to change. On October 1st, all of the past month's content will go behind a locked paywall, meaning that if you sign up after October 1st, you will have access to October's content and every month after that. However, all of the past content will have to be a pay per issue setup. So you will pay for the issues that you want. Now, if you're already a member, nothing for you changes. You will still have access to all of that content. What this means is that if you really want the best bang for your buck, now is the time to join Business Builders. If you join before October 1st, then you will have access to the September content, all about hashtags, along with all of the past issues, including how to find your ideal client, how to set up social media in a way that's going to be successful your business, building a brand, creating content, designing a stellar website that's going to convert visitors into paying clients. All of that will be there for you ready to go if you sign up before October 1st. So head over to girlmeansbusiness.com forward slash business builders. That link is down in the show notes for easy access. You'll find all the information you need there as well as all the links to get signed up. All right, guys, now let's get to my interview with Dr. Beth Westy. All right, guys, today on the Girl Means Business Podcast, I am here with Dr. Beth Westy. Hi, Beth, how are you? Good, good. How are you? I'm great. Thanks so much for being here. I'm super excited to chat with you today. Yeah, me too. All right, so I want to just dive into your story. So I want to hear about, like, tell us who you are, what you do, and sort of your journey, because I know it's been a winding one. To get to where you are now, yes, um, yeah. Well, so I'm I'm so appreciative of, of of being on your podcast and sharing a lot of this because I know with a lot of women looking at business or trying to get started, it can be frustrating. So I, this is something that I do. I love hearing people's stories um, and their journey along the way. So I I love the opportunity to share mine just because it can 
you know, if you can relate and it can be helpful, awesome. Um, so I'm from Minnesota. So you might hear that in my <laughs> I grew up on a goat farm in Minnesota. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, which is true. I did grow That's up. Funny. Had goats. I was in 4-H. I showed my goats in the fair. Mm-hmm. That's yep. awesome. I'm Love a it. champion, champion goat groomer in case you're wondering. Ooh, yeah. That's the resume. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you need a goat shaved, that's, I'm your gal. Yeah. It's more about wrestling goats than, you know, like you got to hold it down to shave it because they don't like it. You know, um, I've never heard of shaving a goat, a sheep, maybe not so much a goat. That's interesting. Well, for the fair, when you show your goat in the fair, they have uh. to be shaved and like groomed properly, all these, all okay. those things. So yeah. So I, I grew up doing that. I was also an athlete. Um, I was a three sport athlete in high school. You can't tell right now, but I'm, I'm six, two. Nice. Yeah. So if you look at some pictures like on social media with me, with other people, you'll be like, God, that, she is enormous. Holy cow. <laughs> um, so I was an athlete growing up. I, I loved it. Um, I thought I was going to be like playing sports forever, um, which I, I kind of do uh, still very active. I went to college. I got a scholarship to play volleyball in college at Northern Michigan. So I played there for four years. Um, and actually while I was finishing up my, my degree, I actually went to massage therapy school because I was like, Oh, I don't have practice anymore. I, what else am I going to do with all my free time? So I was finishing my degree, went to massage therapy school and actually fell in love with working with my hands and natural health. So I was a pre-med student, thought I was going to go and be a pediatrician, but falling in love with natural health care, I completely changed my mind, like, you know, applied to chiropractic schools, got in, went back home to Minnesota to go to school, went through school. I had my first two kids while I was in school, um, which, I mean, you have a master's, so mm-hmm. you know how tough it can be to go oh, to yeah. and have kids. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was a journey. Um, not a, not an easy path to take, but that's just kind of how it happened for us. So I graduated and then started, you know, passed my boards, started a business, started a clinic. And then within a month then from there, so this is all within like a five month span of time, then found out I was pregnant again. Wow. So yeah. yeah. So then by the time she was born, uh, my youngest was born and this was, you know, really tough, uh, a tough time because she was actually born two months early. And during the first year of business, for those of you that are starting business, I mean, I really didn't make any money during that first year. I, uh, you know, total transparency on having a clinic. I was trying to pay the bills and I was trying to keep the lights on and I did not bring any home. I just was like building up my clientele. Also a super fun conversation to have with my husband on, <laughs> hey, you know, all this money I dropped on these loans for school. Now I'm going to work doing it, but I'm also still not going to bring any home. So <laughs> that's, that was fun. Um, yeah. but he's, you know, been very supportive of my, you know, dreams and goals and things like that. So, um, so when she was born, I was, you know, I had a preemie, a two-year-old, a four-year-old and a failing business. And was really just struggling, right? Um, with a lot of things and the stress, right? The stress of all of it. And it was after that, that I started developing ovarian cysts. So I struggled for about a year and a half. Every single month, a cyst would burst mm. and it would put me on the floor. Just awful. 
And at the same time though, I'm still like, I'm building, I'm growing. My business is starting to do well. Um, You know, uh, I started to learn more about, you know, marketing and getting out into the community and, and things like that. Some of the things that I know you talk about, I was starting to implement some of those things and, and it was working. So I started to build a fantastic business, but I was still being held back by this every single month that would put me on the floor. And finally, after a year and a half of these, my husband was like, okay, you're ridiculous. We have to go in. Uh, I'm taking you to the ER. He had to put me in the car because I couldn't even get in the car by myself. And I, I was really conflicted because I was trying so hard to do all the right things that I knew for my health at the time, eating a really pristine diet, you know, gluten-free, dairy-free, no sugar, no red meat, you know, no alcohol, all these things. And then, um, you know, totally organic. And then I was taking a bunch of supplements for women's health and all these things. Right. And it just, I was like, I'm missing something. Something's not right. My hormones are off, but I don't know where to, where to go with this. And so after I went to the ER, the ER doc was like, yep, well, it's this and yep, you're going to keep having him and here's your birth control and here's your Vicodin. See you later. And I was mm. like, that's it. And he was like, well, unless you keep getting pregnant, because if you just keep having babies, then it won't happen anymore. And I was like, that's <laughs> really not helpful, sir. Like, so either I spend my life doped up you know, on, on Vicodin forever, or I, you know, look for another solution. So I started diving into the Eastern medicine background. I have since, um, while I was finishing up school as well, <laughs> um, I thought it'd be fun to get certified in acupuncture and Eastern medicine. So that's another, I have a lot of tools, right? Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which again, kind of similar to your story. When I started going through all that, when I was in school, I had no idea that that's something I would use in a certain capacity in what I do today. That full circle. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yes. Full circle. Yeah. So and I just loved it. I loved acupuncture. I loved learning more about natural medicine um, and how other cultures practice medicine. And that's what fascinated me. So I just, I got certified just because I thought it was really cool. And then, yeah. um, and then now, you know, I'm, I'm really struggling. I'm looking for other answers. And so I started diving into some of the acupuncture, um, background that I have. And I started looking at and getting more certifications in like fertility issues, cycle issues, some of that stuff. And I realized that the way other um, holistic health practices look at the female body is very different. So they looked at, okay, you're the female body shifts and changes week to week throughout the month. Whereas the male body is like the same every day. They wake up the same way every day. Right, like I always knew men had it. I always knew men had it the the, the more boring route. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's not, no it's variety. Not hard, right. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so women really have four different bodies throughout the month, and and with that, there's different advantages and disadvantages to that. So, what I started looking at was okay, how can I shift and change what I eat, how I eat, how I fuel my body for each of these weeks to really take advantage of what my system needs, my nutrition changes, my rest, you know, my recovery rate changes, you know, being an athlete, I was used to training really hard um, and being able to recover and and do whatever I needed to do. And then having kids that changed that, right. Mm -hmm. And then going through um, cysts, it changed how fast I could recover. My body was off and I was like, I don't understand. And how come I can't get this back on track? Why isn't it just coming right back for me? 
And it wasn't until I started applying some of these things for myself. So I started eating for my hormones in my cycle and started, you know, working out for my hormones and cycle and started taking that into account. And then I was able to get rid of my cysts and it didn't happen overnight. Right. It took, it took a couple of months. Um, but my cysts went away and they haven't come back and that's, it's been about eight and a half years. Wow. Yeah. So I got really like fired up about it. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I can imagine. (laughs) And I was like, okay, so more women need to know this. And I was like, well, why, why is this set up like this? Why, why isn't this more mainstream? Why don't more women know about this? And in researching it. um, So I have a book, it's called the female fat solution, but the whole first chapter is on like the history of nutrition and how it is set up for the male body you know, how it's set up for, for men and not women. And that, you know, research is done on men, you know, research is put together by men. The health field has been dominated by men for how many years, right? How many decades? And therefore it's put together for the male body optimally. I mean, there's even studies that they did on like aging, a 70 year aging study. They studied hundreds of thousands of people. Guess how many women they studied? either none or some or like very few zero Zero. goose egg oh my gosh zero like it was almost three hundred thousand people that they studied over a 70 year span of time to study how aging affects the human body and they only studied men because women go through menopause and their body change yeah no you're fine you're good (laughs) passion i like the passion right this is what i'm like women's bodies change. So they were like, Oh, that's a lot to kind of add in. That's, that's weird. We don't know because women go through menopause at different ages. How does that affect the aging? Eh, We don't really care. We're just going to study the male body. What? Yeah. So many health conditions affect the female body differently than the male body. Heart disease is the number one killer for women. And it is, it is because most women that have a heart attack or have a heart issue don't know it's a heart attack because the classic chest pain, Mm -hmm. left arm pain is a male presentation, not a female presentation. Women will feel like sick. Yeah. have some neck pain or some jaw pain, right? Totally different, totally different presentation. When I say, um, cancer, women's cancer, what's the first thing that pops into your head? Like breast cancer. Yeah. Right. Everybody thinks breast cancer because everybody looks at women's health as like what we call bikini health right? It's just the areas of the bikini, mm-hmm. right? But really all those hormones affect and impact every other area of the body. Lung cancer is the number one killer of women. It's not really? cancer. It's not ovarian cancer. It's not any other type of cancer that is connected to the female anatomy, what we would consider female anatomy. Lung cancer is the number one killer for women. Yeah. Well, it's interesting as listening to you say this, like you were talking about like the men, the heart attack thing, like all the commercials you see, all the marketing you see is geared towards men. Like I was thinking, what is it? Aspirin, bare aspirin commercials and stuff like about um, heart attacks. and Like you never see women represented in those commercials. It's always men. Uh-huh. And now like, yeah, it's just like these little light bulbs going off as you're talking. I'm like, oh yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So whenever I do talks, I always start here and I always say, you know, listen, like it's not that you're doing things wrong. It's not your fault. You're following a map that wasn't made for your body. You're following a map for a dude, yeah. not for you, right? And it's because all this other stuff, like exactly, TV shows, commercials, movies, how many times have you seen, oh, uh, and they grab their arm, oh, uh, and it's yeah. a heart attack, right? And so you're thinking, oh, if I don't have that, it must not be a heart attack. 
it's, we're not educated properly on how our bodies work or function at all. So that's really what it is. And the same thing with lung cancer, lung cancer, women will develop a cough, a persistent cough for six weeks. And Mm. it's, it's not terrible. It's like a dry kind of cough, but if it doesn't go away after three weeks and they don't do anything about it, and most women don't because they're like, Oh, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. I don't have a fever. I'm still able to go to the gym and do all the things. But by the time they find that it's lung cancer, because the cough has been going on for three months now, mm-hmm. and they've started to notice, oh, I'm losing some weight. That's not, you know, that's weird. They go in and they're like, oh, it's stage four already. That's when they find it. It's, it's you know what I mean? That's, so it's, we're doing women a huge disservice in overall health because we see women's health as just our reproductive organs, not your entire body system. And our entire wow. body system functions completely differently than the male body. And we're just starting to learn more about that. So my big, you know, mission and passion is to really say, Hey, all the, you know, all the medications that you're taking, all these things that all the research is done on men, it's primarily done on men, even medications that are made for women are studied men. on men, men wow. that are 140 pounds. And they call that equivalent to a female body. They, would, they didn't even allow women to be, to be a part of pharmaceutical studies until 1993. Like, that's, that's so crazy. Right? It's like, so crazy. Oh. Well, and I think, like, <clears throat> I don't want to go down, like, a political rabbit hole or anything like that, but it's frustrating to me to, to think that, like, all the things that we've been told are a lie and that we've just so easily believed what the media tells us. And even when you see sometimes women in the media and the medical field saying things like they're just repeating what the men have been saying. And you expect like a woman to step up and say, no, this is not right. This is not how the female body works, but there are some women doctors out there who are leaders in the medical field who are just kind of falling in line with the men because they want to move up in the ranks or whatever their motivation is. And it's frustrating to think that like we're not getting the whole picture. And so I, I appreciate what you're doing because, and this is why, and I'll, I'll kind of give a little bit of my medical backstory here just growing up. So I grew up with parents who were, um, uh, by all accounts, sort of hippies when they were younger, <laughs> they mm-hmm. lived in, they lived in Austin. They, my dad worked for Billy Nelson for several years. Like they were very much in like the Austin, you know, kind of seventies music scene and very, um, very, you know, that whole like hippie lifestyle of just like earthy and everything's kind of that natural. And so growing up, like it was not common when you felt bad, it wasn't you didn't reach for the medicine cabinet first thing. Like that was just not how I was raised. I was raised like, Mm -hmm. if you don't feel good, you go rest. Like your body needs to rest or you, you know, I even like some essential oils and things like that before essential oils were a big thing. Like I remember like peppermint oils and things like that being in our house. And, um, and it wasn't that we wouldn't take medicine because yeah, if I had a really terrible headache, I would go get some ibuprofen or whatever, but just like, or if I was sick with the flu, we would go to the doctor, but for like little small things, you know, it wasn't, that wasn't our first response was to go to medicine. And so as I got older, I never saw it as a weird thing, but as I got older and I started becoming friends with people who, you know, would like 
carry medicine bottles in their purse or whatever. And like my husband now, I remember he ended up in the hospital one time with a stomach ulcer from taking too much Excedrin because he had migraines. He had daily migraines and, or, you know, and weekly migraines. And if he, you know, slept on a different pillow or we traveled for too long in the car, we did the, like he would get a migraine and it would be awful. And so he would eat Excedrin like they were candy and he got an ulcer from it. And I remember thinking like, why is like, that's not my first go-to is not medicine. My first go-to is what can I do? My body is telling me something's wrong. How can I fix? Like if I get a headache, my first thought is I'm going to go take a hot shower. I'm going to massage my head. I'm going to close my eyes. I'm going to put like an ice pack on my eyes or something like whatever's hurting. Like those are the things I go to before I take medicine. Yeah. People thought I was weird. (laughs) (laughs) but I told him, so everything you're saying, like it resonates with me because in the doctor thing, like I'm the last person in my house to go to the doctor. And I don't know if that's just because for me, I think as a mom too, it's like, well, I don't, you know, I don't feel that bad and I don't want to take time out of, you know, my day, whether that means getting a sitter for my kids or, Mm -hmm. you know, it's going to, it takes, I have to schedule it. Then I have to plan to be gone and out of the house and it takes a while. And what's well, probably nothing anyway. So what's the point? And I, I know a lot of women that think that exact same way. Stay with us. We'll be right back. If you've been listening to the Girl Means Business podcast for any amount of time, then you know my love of email marketing runs deep. Not only is it a great way to generate new leads, but it's one of the most effective methods for nurturing warm leads and turning them into sales. Now, over the years, I've tested several email platforms, and my favorite by far is Flowdesk. Not only do they make email marketing simple and easy, even for the technically challenged, but they have everything you need to create stunning emails, capture leads, make sales, and automate the entire process, giving you time back in your busy day. And the cherry on top is you're only charged one flat fee, no matter how many subscribers you have. So while other platforms will increase your price when you go over your pricing tier limit, Flowdesk has no price increases or hidden fees. If you're ready to give Flowdesk a try, click the link below in the show notes to save 50% off your first year. Let Flowdesk help you design emails people will love. Click the link below and check it out. I have a feeling you're going to love it just as much as I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, what's funny is that, so the very first book that I actually wrote is called stop your day and it's on the top 10 health conditions that affect women and how they present differently in women than in men. And it is because of that. Exactly. Ah. Because women will like, you won't stop your day. If it doesn't stop your day, you won't do anything about it. Like unless your arm falls off, you're like, I can manage, I can make <laughs> yeah. it. This is why I went a year and a half with ovarian cysts because I'd be like, yeah, it's going to burst and it's going to be terrible. And I'm not gonna be able to stand up for 10 minutes. But once the 10 minutes is over, it's I'm just fine. really sore, but I can make it It's fine. I'm fine. Yeah. 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 No. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas my husband's like, what is wrong with you? Like there's something wrong. <laughs> yeah. Well, and not to oh. say that men are, are more, are have a lower pain tolerance, but I do think women too, like, I mean, we birth children, like our pain tolerance, I think is a little higher. Whereas, you know, there's always that classic, like, Oh, men become babies when they get sick. I think, you know, they're more likely to go to the doctor or or turn to medicine too, because they, at the first inkling of pain, they want to take care of it. 
Whereas, like you said, women are like, oh, it'll be fine. I just got to power through. I have too many, too many people depending on me, too many things to do. Let's Mm -hmm. just move on. And unless I'm on my deathbed, I'm going to be fine. Yeah. So it's really, and, and it's not just that, that it's not stopping our day, but also we're not connecting the dots on, is this really a serious issue or not? Because what we're educated on is not accurate for the female body. We just, we don't know, right? If women knew these things, we'd Mm -hmm. be able to take the steps to do it, which is, I mean, it's the same thing with your own like female health, like your, your reproductive health, right? So when we all get that one class in fifth grade in school, right? <laughs> yeah. Everybody yep. laughs because they're like, oh yeah, that day. Yeah, that one. <laughs> yeah, they separate the boys and the girls and then they talk about, you know, puberty or whatever. And then that's it. Otherwise, where do you get information? I remember reading a lot of Cosmo. I remember, mm-hmm. you know, TV shows or commercials or movies or whatever, right? The media giving you information on your female physiology and it's our bodies are meant are like the joke to a punchline more than it's you know or the punch you know it's, it's a joke versus it's actual helpful information for us so unless you have somebody like an older sister or an older friend's older sister or something that could give you information and who knows if it was helpful or not we're you know it's like the blind leading the blind out here for a lot of women yeah and and this was the same thing so I was frustrated I was like this is ridiculous I went through graduate school I have a doctorate and I don't know these things about the female body and then how these things came to be and I was just furious that the whole health model is set up for men to be successful all that research all that information everything else for the male body just leaving out the female body completely so in the past, you know, five or so years, it's, it's started to shift a little bit. You know, there is more research being done. Women are being included more. Um, if people want more research on this, I, I have a lot of um, great people that I follow. Um, so books, there's, there's great books on this, like the book is called Doing Harm. That's a great book. It's got all of it, the XX Brain. Um, mm. That's another great book that talks about Um, the history and everything else and how the brain, the female brain just works and functions differently and how, you know, things like, oh, if women are on a lot of, you know, different medications or antidepressants or things like that, then it can affect the rate of Alzheimer's for them in the future. You know, two thirds more women get Alzheimer's than men. That's important. Yeah. Right. If you have Alzheimer's in your family, you might be concerned about that and want to look into that more. Right. So again, when women know this information, um, there's other women who are like Dr. Christine Northrup. She's a great resource. Dr. Jolene Brighton. She talks about some of this stuff. Um, Stacey Sims. Um, she has a PhD. She does some, you know, female athlete stuff. So there's kind of bits and pieces of it out there. And I throw these out there just because it's so important for you to start. We have to be our own health advocates often. Yeah. You know, and, and the more, you know, the more better equipped you are to, find the right solutions for yourself. So you stop floundering and start, stop feeling like it's your fault because it's not right. Well, and that was one of the things I wanted to kind of bring up and talk about is that, you know, recently I've had, I've had a lot of conversations with women where the, where we talk about the fact that, you know, when you ask a mom, you ask a woman like, Hey, how are you? A lot of times they'll be like, Oh, I'm just, I'm so tired. I'm, I'm just so worn out. I'm this, I'm that. And it's almost like we are expected to live in this state of tiredness and sickness. And, you know, I was listening to an interview the other day with, um, oh, I can't think of her name now. Uh, Glennon Doyle. She wrote um, Untamed. Yes, I just started listening to that. Oh, so good. It's so good. 
And so friends now, I hope you know. Oh yeah, (laughs) absolutely. (laughs) But she talks about like the things that we are sort of trained, like these memos that we get and like Mm. these memos that like are given to us and that some of them we need to like destroy and write our own. And one of them is like, Mm. as when you become a mom that as a mom, you're supposed to put all of your hopes and dreams aside and focus everything on your kids and your life no longer matters. And you are just living and breathing for your family and your kids. And then you die. And then you're teaching your children the same thing that they're looking at you and going, Oh, well, when I become a mom, like me having two daughters, I don't want my daughters to look at me and go, Oh, being a mom equates to giving up your life and then dying. And so she talks a lot about like just burning that memo and rewriting it and like setting a different example. And so all that to say the conversations I've had recently about women's health have all been around the idea that we've been given this memo that as women, as moms, we're supposed to feel tired. We're supposed to feel overwhelmed. We're supposed to feel stretched too thin. We're supposed to feel all these things when in reality, that's not how our bodies were designed to feel. And just because you're a mom, yeah, you're going to be a a little tired from time to time. You've got kids you're trying to deal with and they're up early and they get up in the middle of night and all these things. But we should not feel like we have to live in this state of unhealthiness just because we're women and we're moms. And so what are some things that women can do to kind of regain or, or I guess ways that we can rewrite that script that we've been given so that we aren't living in this constant state of tired and sickness. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hey, photographers, are you ready to make 2024 your best year yet? Growing a business is tough. You're following all the successful photographers and experts, soaking up their best advice and downloading all their free guides, trying to replicate their success only to come up lacking, blaming yourself when their methods don't work for you. But the truth is, it isn't you. Free content and one-size-fits-all courses can only get you so far. What you need is personalized help and guidance, but that can get expensive. Well, not anymore. I've created the perfect solution to get you personalized results for less than $2 a day. Introducing the Focus Photographer Lab, a one-of-a-kind coaching membership that gets you one-on-one results for a fraction of the cost of traditional coaching. Inside the lab, you'll find the three C's to success, classes, coaching, and community. With classes, you gain access to a treasure trove of pre-recorded trainings and invaluable resources. With coaching, you get monthly live trainings and Q&A sessions, along with my favorite part, the weekly one-on-one office hours, where we get to address your unique questions and challenges. And then there's the community, where you get to connect with an amazing group of talented female photographers who share your passion, supporting each other and inspiring each other to greatness. The best part is it doesn't come with an expensive one-on-one coaching price tag. You get all of that for just $47 a month. You can even try it for free for 14 days to make sure it's a good fit for you. And there is no contract and no obligation you can cancel at any time. So what are you waiting for? Head down to the show notes and click the link to learn more and get signed up today. And let's make 2024 our best year yet. Yes. Oh my gosh. Okay. Um, 
when you were saying that, uh, I just had this like flash of, I remember my mom telling me, so when I had my, my first two kids in grad school and my mom, she's a, a brilliant lady, like very, very smart. Um, right. And she had kids and she was a high school chemistry teacher. So she worked, but I was going for a doctorate and I'm the first person in my family to get a doctorate. And I remember when I had my, when I was pregnant and about to give birth to my first and she was like, well, maybe you should stop. Like you've gotten enough school. You started a doctorate program that's further than anybody else has gotten. And maybe you should just get a job somewhere or do something because, you know, like you're going to be now a you're mom. A mom. And, yeah. and she, and she literally, the, the phrasing that she said, and I might not say it exactly, but it was something like, you know, when a flower blooms and creates seeds, when those seeds get planted and for the seeds to grow, the flower must die, must wilt and die. And I was like, what? So you've now had children and your, your main purpose now is just to die. <laughs> I know. Like just to make sure those seeds grow. And then that's, I was like, I was like, I, I remember being like, are you shitting me right now? I'm sorry. Can I? <laughs> no. Yeah, that's fine. No, you go ahead. <laughs> I was like, this is the, I was like, that's the most awful thing ever. I was like, I'm not changing my goals just because I pop out a baby or two. Like that's not going to, that's not going to stop me. Yeah. Like, uh, and you know, and she was like, well, that's not really what I meant. And I was like, no, I, I understand that you're trying to be like, I need to, de- you know, devote time. I was like, I'm not going to be a crappy mom, mm-hmm. you know, but I, I might not be the type of mom you think I might be or whatever, but. Well, and that's the that- thing is it's a generational thing too. You know, you were saying like women have not been included in these trials till 93. Well, women have not been a part of our history really until recently. And women have not had a voice in anything until recently. And so what women we're doing this before, I don't know if you knew this, no, women just yeah. must not have existed, right? We <laughs> not don't, at all. It's not like we make up more than 50% of the population of the world for thousands of years. No, it's fine. But that didn't matter. That's fine. <laughs> but no, but it's, you know, it's true. Like we are living in a generation and we're way, raising kids that are going to be in a different generation than us that are hopefully better than this, but we're yeah. kind of on the front lines. We're the first generation that went, you know what? No, it's okay to be a working mom and to have goals and to have dreams and not just because you have to, you know, Mm -hmm. I grew up in a two, you know, multi-working household, both my parents that worked full time, Mm -hmm. but they had to, and it wasn't like my mom had this big passionate dream that she was following. She was running our family business. And now you have women who are like, no, I, I don't necessarily, whether you have to work or not, women want to work. And it's, and that's something that like is the first generation of women who are like, no, I want to have babies and work and have friends and have a life and have a relationship with my husband and do all the things. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. Like I can want to do that, but I don't have to feel like crap all the time doing it. Yes. And I firmly believe a lot of the fatigue and everything that we come, that comes along with this whole life is that the life that we build as business owners, moms, wives, you know, friends, all that stuff. It looks different than what the male model is. And I can a hundred percent say this because I, I built a very successful clinic and as a, as a chiropractic profession, it's a male dominated field. And the majority of business coaches out there are 
old white dudes, you know, Mm -hmm. and I'm not saying that it's not good information that they're sharing, but it would be, it was very different for me to connect with other people in the community to build my bit, my practice. I remember going to do like business to business over lunch. That's what they called it. So over my lunch breaks, if I didn't have other stuff I was working on, I was supposed to go and reach out to other business owners in the community and, you know, chat with them. And maybe there'd be a potential of, you know, a marketing event or, you know, something, right. Meet other people in the community. So take a stack of business cards. And the goal was to get to 10 businesses during one of those things. And I remember, you know, coming back after going out and my business coach was like, okay, how did it, how did it go? And he was like, so-and-so over here, like, you know, a few towns over a guy who had a clinic that he was working with. Um, he was like, yep, he made his 10 businesses today. Did you do yours? And I was like, well, I went out and I got to two. He's like, well, two, how come only two? I was like, well, I actually met this shop owner. She owns a boutique shop. Um, we got to chatting, we connected, our kids are about the same age. Da, da, da. And I was like, oh, she's having a ladies night event in two weeks. And she invited me to do chair massage there. And he was like, but you didn't get 10 businesses. I was like, but I just scheduled an event. <laughs> like yeah, how I network and connect is going to be very different. It's not, I'm not just going to walk into 10 businesses just to hit 10 businesses and be like, yeah, I met you. Now I know who you are. I'm right. creating relationships right off the bat. And it's how men and women do this is, is just different. So, you know, so the whole thing about, I'm not going to run myself ragged or force myself to do something that is, you know, I'd rather create two high quality, really connected relationships than just 10 low level mm-hmm. relationships. Cause that's worth it for me, for my time, my energy, my effort. Right. I mean, Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So yeah, I, that, yeah. When we're being compared to oh, this guy did 10, you know, mm-hmm. it, it, we get into this mode of like, okay, am I going to be fatigued? Am I going to run ragged? And then literally everything else in our lifestyle, especially health wise is set up for the male body. So no wonder why we struggle. We struggle with energy. We struggle with fatigue. We struggle with recovery time. And then we get compared to so many other people, things, and even other women. And our bodies are so unique and different. So for example, if you have a thyroid issue and you have kids, it can take you longer to recover postpartum, like months longer than somebody else who doesn't have a thyroid issue. And it's not that you'd be doing anything wrong. Mm-hmm postpartum, right? It just that your body needs extra time because of this. And that's, that's the way of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, and I know like, so along those lines with women's health and going in, let's say going in and seeing your doctor, do doctors look at the whole body? Because here's my concern. And this kind of goes to an issue with my dad. (laughs) So my dad has had this blood pressure issue for a year now, and it's like it'll shoot up super high and then it'll drop super low. Then it goes super, it's just, he's on a roller coaster ride all day, every day with his blood pressure and Mm -hmm. it'll drop really low and he'll get lightheaded and dizzy and he'll like fall down and he'll drop things. And, and the fear of it getting too high is having a stroke and all these things. He's just, he has a hard time with the middle. Well, every time he's gone to a doctor in the last year, they've checked whatever portion of the body they think is the problem. And when they realize, well, that's not the problem, they send him to somebody else. And so like, he'll go to like a heart doctor, then he'll go to the kidney doctor, then he'll go to the, you know, ear, nose and throat doctor, then he'll go to this doctor. And I keep saying, nobody's looking at him as a whole person. They're looking at him as different body parts, like on an operation board, you know, like, 
so with, that's how I feel as a woman is like, you talked about the thyroid thing. When I go in to see my physician, my primary care physician, who happens to be a male, I don't ever feel like he is looking at all the things. Like, I feel like he's like, well, how are you feeling? And if I say, well, I'm feeling tired or I'm feeling, you know, I've struggled with depression in the past. I'm like, oh, I've had some really low, like kind of depression type feelings lately. And he'd be like, okay, well, do you want to get back on this medication? Well, I've been off my medication for depression for years because I felt like there's other ways I can regulate that in my body. I didn't like the way I felt when I was taking the medication. I'm like, no, that's not what I want. But it's like, if I, if I don't, if I don't ask the questions, if I don't be my own voice and advocate for myself, the doctors aren't looking at all of me. So how would I know if I had a thyroid problem? How would I know if I had lung issues? How would I know if all these things, because it's like, they're just checking things off of a list going, okay, well, she looks good. Her weight's fine. Her, you know, she's not complaining of any pain anywhere. So let's move on. Yeah. So how do we advocate? How do we advocate for ourselves? I guess is what I'm asking. Like, what are the things we should be doing as women to make sure that we're getting these things looked at that might need to be looked at? Stay with us. We'll be right back. When it comes to influencer marketing, there's a podcast that covers it all that you will want to add to your playlist. The Influence Factor by the Influencer Marketing Factory. They talk about influencer marketing, social media, the creator economy, social commerce, and much, much more. They cover all aspects, including the creator economy, social commerce, the latest trends, the metaverse, TikTok trends, and that's just the beginning. The Influence Factor by the Influencer Marketing Factory. Add the podcast to your playlist right now. Yeah, that oh my gosh, you like nailed it right on the head. And so the hard thing is, is that you shouldn't need a doctorate to get help <laughs> with your own health. But that's almost, you know, it's not uncommon for women to do some research or start diving into stuff and then go in and you realize, oh my gosh, I know more on this subject than the person I'm seeking help from. Because yeah. it's, what they're taught is very, like I said, the bikini model and all the information and research and everything that they're going off of is really on the male model. And just again, time frame on stuff. It, it's like a 30 year time frame. You know what I mean? Like, like by the time they do research, all these other things, right. it's like 30 years, yeah. you know, time gap for things to be applied and shift and change in medicine for people. Um, which is why I looked at, you know, other cultures, Eastern medicine, you know, Ayurveda, all that stuff. That's the stuff that I teach and talk about. And, um, when, when we're looking, when you're like, okay, something's off, how do I know what it is? Cause if you think oh, I'm fatigued, I don't feel good. I've got some weird skin stuff going on. Maybe my hair is falling out a little bit. I've gained some weight and I can't take it off anymore. Like I put on 15, 20 pounds and you know, I'm working out more and I'm eating really good. I don't understand why it's not budging. You know, my gut is also messed up. And then, oh, when you talk about like history of anxiety and depression, if you were to go in and list off all these things, they will look at, okay, anxiety and depression, you need that. Like this all separated mm -hmm. versus, okay, what's the cause of all of these issues? There's something upstream that's causing it and it can hit all these things. And the hard thing is, is that a lot of this can be, you know, uh, if your thyroid can cause a lot of these things, a hormonal imbalance can cause uh, adrenal issues can cause a lot of this, right? They, they will overlap. The symptoms can overlap. 
So by learning more about your body and your system and how things shift and change month to month, the more you know on that, the more you can be prepared to say, okay, this is what I think it is. Here's what I want to do. Um, and ultimately getting the right tests done. Because, you know, when you talk about, oh, like a TSH test, you know, for a thyroid, that's your thyroid stimulating hormone, uh, that gives you like a piece of the puzzle, whereas versus getting a full thyroid panel, you're testing TSH, T3, T4, reverse, you know, T3, you're getting a complete, you know what I mean? I'm throwing yeah. out a lot of words, but you're getting, no, but yeah, like a, a full know, picture. Yes. Instead of yeah. being given like five puzzle pieces and saying, oh, what's the, what's the picture here? You're giving the entire box of puzzle pieces, yeah. right? So, uh, so sometimes women will ask, well, I think it's a thyroid issue, but my TSH was normal. And I'll say, well, you need a full thyroid panel to know, to get the, you need the full puzzle piece. When we're looking at hormones, um, I do Dutch testing, which is a dried urine test. So that tests the hormone metabolites um, and lets me know where in that pathway things are breaking down. You might not be metabolizing a hormone, you know, like estrogen properly, which can cause issues with your, um, your cycle. It can cause, you know, fibroids, endometriosis, PCOS, all these things that women suffer from. So this is what I had to go through for the cyst that I had, the PCOS that I mm -hmm. had. And, you know, I say I had, cause some people say, well, you can never get rid of it. Well, I haven't had a cyst in eight and a half years. Um, now to be fair, I still eat for my hormones <laughs> and my cycle and follow that patterning. Um, so it doesn't return, right? It's a lifestyle yeah. change. Um, but it's, you know, it's one of those things. It's a, it's a totally different game changer when you're working with your body and how your body naturally functions versus saying, oh, this is, you know, this is how it should be. I should wake up and eat the same thing every day and be healthy. That's mm -hmm. a male model mindset versus saying, where's my body at today? Let's start with how your female physiology works and match your nutrition and your, and your exercise and everything else off of that. How much rest do I need? How much, you know, hydration do I need? You hydrate differently throughout the month, all of that stuff. Um, I feel like I went on a little bit of a tangent. There. No, it's really interesting. No, it's no, this is all, like I said, I could, I mean, I could talk about this all day long. I think it's so interesting. So I guess my, you know, you have a couple things that I want people to, some resources I want them to know about, because you're talking about yeah. like how, you know, within a month, we have like these four different bodies that we're having to, to take care of and treat differently and, and yeah. feed differently and move differently. And so tell us how we can learn more about that and where they can go to get your resources on that. Yeah. So I, I have a ton of resources for people because once you start to like, it's like cracking the door, you're going to want to <laughs> fling it right wide open, like, like deep dive, you know, <laughs> head first down this rabbit hole, uh -huh. <laughs> um, which I feel like shouldn't be a rabbit hole. It should be what we're taught. But again, we're not taught this stuff. So don't, you know, don't feel bad if you're like, dang it. I wish I would have known this 10 years ago. Yep. This is where I'm on the mission to educate women so we can educate our daughters and start right. to move, you know, shift this moving forward. Um, so I'm on social media. Um, Facebook and Instagram is just Dr. Beth Westy. I have a YouTube channel, which is called Dr. Beth Westy where I have so many videos archived on nice. talking about how to eat for your hormones and cycle supplements to take, how your body, you know, hydrates differently, how to sleep can change throughout the month for you, all these things. And they're totally normal. Um, I, I'm, and then I have a podcast called the female health solution where I interview a lot of different health experts. I interview a lot of people, um, you know, that talk about women in general. And then I also do episodes talking about women's health there. Um, and then I have my book, the female fat solution, which is on Amazon, which goes through kind of the basics of, okay, here's, you know, like 
here's your cycle. Here's how you can start to eat for it. Here's some changes that you can make. Um, it's so fun. Earlier today, I just got, again, I talk about, you know, female fat and things like that. And sometimes people are like, well, is it just a weight loss thing? And I'm like, no, it's actually, that's the last piece that we focus on. What I focus on first is getting your body functioning better and feeling better. And then weight loss just happens to be happens. kind of a side effect. You get yeah. to a healthy weight because your body's working the way that it should. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I actually work with a lot of women too, who say have done like bikini competitions or some crazy stuff like that. And they're like, I lost my period and I need, I want to get it back because I'm going to get married and I want to have kids. And I'm like, yep. Okay. We got to, we got to work on some of this stuff. And so, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Oh my gosh. The, I, yeah, I want to have you back on another time. Cause I think there's a lot more we can dive into here. Cause I feel like I'm in school, just like a little kid in the front row, like just staring at the teacher going, give me more, give me more. <laughs> so I'm going to link to all of these in the show notes so people can go and just grab your, um, mm-hmm. your freebies. They can look up your book, your YouTube channel, your socials, all of that follow along oh. with all the advice that you're sharing. So an easy yeah. path for them to get to you. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So last I question. Have I have that, like the recipes for your cycle cookbook. I forgot to say that. Oh yeah, yeah. 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 That's a great thing to start with. If you're like, oh my gosh, I want to get started. How do I get started? It's totally free. You can just download it. It's recipes for your cycle. It tells you how to figure out where your cycle's at. If you're like, I don't know. Um, and then just different things, breakfast, snacks, lunches, dinners, all that stuff to throw in. They're all family friendly, right? I have kids, you know, so they're all family friendly, healthy recipes the peas that you can just start to shift and add in and layer in as you start down this new pathway. Mm-hmm. Nice. Okay. So my last question, and I'm going to change this up a little bit from what I told you it was going to be. What? <laughs> so curveball. So I'm talk. coming at you with a curveball. So <laughs> since we're, you know, we usually, I always ask like, what's your piece of business advice, but I'm going to switch up and say, what would be your number one piece of health and wellness advice for women? Ooh. Oh man. I was so ready with the big. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> Pop quiz time. <laughs> okay. Um, health advice. Oh, okay. Listen to your gut. I feel like a lot of women are, we doubt ourselves and we have all had the thing, this experience of going in, you know, me included, like going into the doctor and saying, there's something wrong. I don't feel good. Something's not right. Whether it be with my, my brain, right. And estrogen and progesterone also pass through the blood brain barrier. So it affects how your brain functions too, right? My brain, my, my gut health, my hormones, my whatever, something is off. And they look at you and they're like, well, if you did this and it doesn't work, then there's something wrong with you. You did it wrong or you're crazy. I can't tell you how many women like, and this is also a true statistic where you'll go in saying that I'm having pain or some problem there. And more often than not, instead of being prescribed a pain medication, women are prescribed antidepressants. Hmm. So listen, yeah, listen to your gut, listen to your, you know, to your body, what it's telling you. And even if you feel like you've gone in and not been given the, the correct answer for you, like, you know, it in your bones, whether or not it's the right thing for you, keep going. Most women, it takes them at least seven to nine years to be properly diagnosed with an autoimmune issue. And so autoimmune- do you think, but along those lines, do you think like, if I were to go to my doctor today and say, I'm having these issues and he doesn't listen or he kind of writes it off as like no big deal. Do I keep going back to him or do I need to find a different doctor? You need to find a different doctor. Most okay. of the time, doctors will, you know, say, well, it's this or that. I mean, every now and then you might come across somebody who's fantastic and they'll really do their due diligence of trying to discover what it is 
going on with you to help you. But a lot of times it's, they'll, they're, they're operating from a very limited toolbox. If they don't have the tools in their toolbox to help you, they won't look for more, more tools necessarily. They'll refer you to a specialist. Yeah. Well, if you're having this, then maybe you need to see a mental health specialist for your anxiety. If your anti-anxiety meds aren't working, right. Versus, okay, is there something hormonally going on that's affecting the anxiety as well? Right. That's looking at the whole picture. So just like you were talking about with your dad, the entire picture. And most of the time with women's health where it's bikini health, right? Just mm-hmm. the bikini area. And other than that, they don't look at women's health as a whole. So that's where I would say, be your own advocate, research what you can talk to other people. Again, I've thrown out some resources there, but also if you're looking for a resource, if you're struggling, don't hesitate to you know reach out and say, hey, I'm looking for something or I'm going in. Is there more numbers I can look at? Once you start opening up this, it's, it's amazing what you're going to yeah. learn and find. So, oh my gosh. So good. And I had this visual, this is totally kind of random, but you're talking like, you kept saying bikini health. I'm like, we need like wetsuit health. Like we need that kind of like covers your full body head to toe. So yes. I'm going to advocate for like a wetsuit, wetsuit women's health. I love it. I'm going to talk about that. Wetsuit health. I like, like it. It's harder gear. to say, but know. scuba gear. Yeah. I would- <laughs> Oh my gosh. Well, Dr. Beth, thank you so much for coming on. This has been so interesting. And like I said, I could, I want to have you back on again because I feel like we have even more we could talk about. So thank you yeah. so, so much. Well, if, if people have questions and they ever wanted to do like a Q and a session, we could do that. Oh yeah. That'd be awesome. Like that. Yeah. yeah. We'll have to set that up. That'd be fun. Yay. Well, make sure you go follow her on social media, YouTube, and I'll link to all of your stuff down in the show notes so they can grab your freebies and check out your book and all the things. Perfect. All right. Thank you so much. This was awesome. Thank you. Have a great day. Another huge thank you to Dr. Westy for that great conversation and all the helpful tips that she gave. Make sure you go and follow her on social media and check out her podcast for all the amazing advice that she's handing out. And don't forget to take care of yourself physically, mentally, socially, all the things that you need right now. We are in this together, ladies, and we will thrive. I promise. Just take care of yourself. All right, guys, have a great week. I will see you back here next week. Same time, same place.